Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And, and I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as the graphic novels review editor of Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And I'd like to remind you to check us out at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget you can also subscribe to More to Come on iTunes and on social media. We're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. And on Twitter, we're at pwcomicsworld. So, this week on More to Come, well, it's one topic and one topic That's only. only. This is our... San Diego Comic Con. Our big San Diego Con wrap-up ramble. Yeah, we're so. just going to ramble incoherently since we're not capable of coherent thought. <laughs> I know, and, um, you know, or at least Well, Calvin, hopefully Calvin, we'll try to be moderately Calvin coherent. and I aren't. I mean, Kate was heroically yes. manning the ramparts while we were gone. Probably actually has a better view of things than we do. And a, <laughs> and a, a particular tribute to her for the PW Comics World Tumblr. Which it's yeah, I think you took to new heights of popularity. Absolutely, without she did a it fantastic out here. Fantastic job, great. We're a little um, self congratulatory. Um, we had thirty here. followers before. <laughs> and how many do we have now? More. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't check in the last few days. I think it's something like forty-five. There's a lot Yay. because I, I get the email notification and uh Please. you've just been named president for life of the comics world tumblers <laughs> but look let's get to the to the, the issues here uh, uh comic-con um and the independence uh, and i think uh image expo uh was maybe maybe a good place to start uh yeah i guess i mean uh you know i, I mean maybe uh, we have that on our topic list uh actually maybe we should just talk about the overall mood i mean what mm-hmm. did you think i i thought that this was the first year that comic-con shrank a bit you know, I think it definitely pulled back. There was less off sites. Absolutely no question about mm-hmm. it. Um, and less uh, on the floor. Well, um, I don't know about I don't know about that. that. <laughs> but off site, there definitely was. Why do you think that was? It was because uh, of greed among the locals mm. and parsimoniousness among uh, studios and video game. Uh, and I'm not sure what the con had to do with it. Like, for instance, in previous years, uh, Sega had a off-site, uh, an off-site across the tracks. Um, I believe Xbox had a lounge across the tracks. This year it was at the, uh, at the Hyatt. Uh, a lot of yeah. things had become consolidated in the hotels, in that kind of hotel strip. Yeah. Uh, across, like right adjacent to the convention yeah. center. But, I mean, there's no question. I heard from many, many people that uh, venues that in the past have charged, you know, $20,000 for a party uh, raised, said this year, how much do you want? They said $50,000. Mm-hmm. And a lot of studios said no. Said no because they're not as convinced that Comic-Con marketing mm-hmm. is really f- cost-effective. Right, or at least Especially that, when at the least cost is, that is, kind of is money. doubling uh, every year for yeah. sure. Well, you know, well, maybe I mean, maybe this is the hardcore bargain move, marketing well, move. I, I Next will year, say maybe this, they I mean, won't charge as much. The the offsite areas that I usually focus on were were indeed had events. I mean, the uh, the area in front of the Hilton. Um, uh, what was the Sleepy Hollow Village on the other side of Petco? Petco itself. Petco Park had their interactive uh, zone. Now the area definitely... usually directly across the train tracks, where usually there's some huge mm-hmm. promotional something that was completely empty I didn't, for the you first know, time granted i didn't walk over there uh as much as i normally did but usually when you cross the tracks there was all these you know people handing out things and i didn't see them yeah that, there was much less of that but i tell you there were certainly the crowds were no less and it seemed even more thronged 
Uh, it's, I know we've been fond of sort of saying it, you know, preview night is almost like Saturday. Saturday was its own thing this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, even I, who, I've been going 10 years. I mean, it doesn't compare to how many times you've been going. But Saturday was impossible. Right. There was just right. no place to walk that, that you weren't jammed with people. Well, I think that's because they sold one-day badges. Yeah, know? well, yeah, because it was amazing. I mean, even though every sh- day sold out. Probably they- people were able to stay longer on Saturday. Maybe. I, I, I have to say, on Thursday night, like, again, off-site, I was at uh, a, a party for Maidfire and DeviantArt. I was walking home about, you know, one in the morning, which is usually mm. prime time. The streets were dead. Yeah. Nothing. Mm. Nothing going on. So I've never seen that on a Thursday. Not in a long yeah. time. Yeah. So, well, I mean, uh, certainly on the, the convention floor, you know, it, it was yes, just as jammed was... as ever. But... Uh, that you know, there may be some. I think you're probably right about that. Um, um, but let's get to the comics. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. I mean, interesting. I mean, uh, Heidi and I have a piece coming out in the Monday uh, Publishers Weekly, and you know, we posed the question. You know, did comics take Comic Con back? Mm-hmm. Well, they certainly maybe snatched a little media attention. Well, I think holding Image Expo during oh, yes. Comic Con, I think that brought a little. bit I of think comic it was another attention. smart move. You know, yeah, because. Last year, the idea of yet yeah, we have Image Expo, therefore we can we can we can have it. We have enough image stuff for it was good, but having it separately from Comic Con took some of their thunder at Comic Con. Whereas putting it right before instead both kept their bravado of hey look we can have our own expo, and kept it as part of the Comic Con build up yeah. energy excitement. Yeah. And I mean it certainly was trending while it was yeah. going oh, yeah. on. And plus, I mean, since um uh Eric Stevenson, the publisher there, has kind of made it a point to use Image Expo as a kind of, you know, ramparts to like throw darts. Or really to kind of issue and I don't want to I shouldn't say that. To really issue a some challenge. I think some su- substantial criticisms, you know, you could decide whether it's self serving or not. But to really kind of throw a broadside at the like, hey, this is what we're doing and we think we're bringing new people into the business. And I think that uh, he gets media attention. And, and uh, I think as Heidi put it in the, in the piece, you know, it just reminds everybody that comics are still in the midst right from the jump street. Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, also speaking of image, hats off to image for um, going, putting their money where their mouth is and uh, giving free DRM free downloads oh, yeah, with yeah. every you know, mm-hmm. regular yeah. comicsology yeah. purchase of their comics, yeah. you know, even with their back catalog and mm. your back purchases. Like you bought that image comic from comicsology two years ago. Boom. You have a DRM free download mm. that you can keep with you. Even if comicsology turns to dust tomorrow. Yeah. And this is part of really, I mean, comicsology issued yeah. a, a new program, um, that included Image as well as what five other publishers. Right, but I mean, Image was the yeah. Big image name started there. It, it yeah, was absolutely. The big name. They did this a year. They did it over a year ago. Well, no, but they didn't have the they didn't have the easy download system that they do now. It wasn't mm-hmm. like an automatic thing that you automatically got and you automatically were notified of. It was you know like maybe if you knew the secret password or whatever. But yeah. like now it's it's just right there. They tell you the minute you buy the comic, you get a little email saying. You can now download these free in a DRM free format. Yeah, well, I know because I got know, that email. Yeah, they definitely you know discoverability is the huge issue. As yeah, we yeah. Keep and saying. And, you know, as far as owning a digital file forever goes, I mean, I think a lot of people who have been around the digital 
uh, the digital world for a long time know that you're only as good as your uh, platform. You know, yeah. I mean, if you might have it downloaded to your phone, but then when you lose your old uh, cable that connects it to your computer, guess yeah. what? It's gone. So, so you know, these, they're, 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 you know, digital yeah. media is awfully transient. As I said, looking yeah. at my old SideQuest yes. discs. But, <laughs> but the nice thing is that they're downloadable in several different formats that yes. don't require right. a special reader. True. They've got CBZs, yeah. which mm-hmm. you can yep. take apart and just get a bunch of image files. Mm-hmm. They've got PDFs, which you can read on anything. I mean, you have options. And options that are not tied to the world of digital comics, which, unfortunately, yeah. for all that comicsology is a stalwart, a lot of platforms fall by the wayside and die. Yeah. But uh, you can get them now, uh, at least via comicsology. Obviously, there are other programs that have D- DRM-free comics. And, and speaking but Dynamite, Zenoscope, Monkey Brain, uh, Thrill Brent, and uh, Top Shelf right. are all part yep. of the comicsology uh, DRM-free backup. Although, I don't think, have we actually seen the titles from each publisher that are available? Is it line-wide, or is it only selected titles? I know I'm pretty sure one... I, uh, Image is line-wide, because okay. yeah. every single Image title I bought had okay. a download. Yeah, I mean, and as far as what Comixology announced, it's line-wide for the publishers that are selected, yeah. have, that have self-selected themselves to be in the program. Right, right, right. Um, but and so of... publishers that... that to choose to be in the program also. But uh, speaking of other DRM-free comics downloads and uh, digital comic experimentation, we told you a couple months ago about Humble Bundle going into digital comics. Well, they have been keeping at it, have been making major money, and had a big push during San Diego Comic-Con, where not only did they... did Image once again have a bundle, including... Walk, they're calling it the Walking Dead bundle to distinguish it from the Image bundle, but it... It's Walking Dead and a bunch of other image titles. And at the same time, uh, as Calvin knows, because I won't shut up about it, uh, <laughs> IDW had an enormous Transformers bundle. Like, huge. Yeah. And so... It was... Uh, uh, I blew the joke. What's the name of the big... <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. So yeah, and those, for all that IDW is very much not DRM-free on other platforms, you know, when through their site or through Comixology, the stuff they're putting out through Humble Humble Bundle is. And a lot of publishers who are going through Humble Bundle and sites like that are for, like, temporarily or for special offers will allow you to have DRM-free comics. And I really feel like DRM-free could very well be the way of the future, and you guys should get on that. Right, right. Well, I mean, look, I mean, people are just catching on to the fact that you know, they're waking up and smelling the coffee. But, uh, now, um, yeah. Image Expo announced about a dozen new they did a dozen projects. New you know, I mean, general, some women, uh, including an all-women's book. Yes, an all-women book by... Uh, by uh, uh, Claire um, Gibson, Marion Churchland, and uh, Sloan Leon. Sloan Leon, yes. From and Under and Mountains, the, Fantasy Sci-Fi. Yes, and Becky Clooned and Andy yes, Bellinger they're, doing they're a book doing together. A project, uh, and so, Warren Ellis know, Skyped in. I mean, it was, a, it was a good lineup. You know, Kurt Busiek coming back with a book. And, you know, Ben Ben Cohen, I believe, is the name of the artist. The art is absolutely amazing. You know, a lot of people yeah. said this wasn't like the blockbuster list that that we'd seen before. Uh, but, you know, it's a good solid, yeah, a good solid. solid list. And, I mean, you know, honestly, if you had looked at the image uh, expo announcements from, like, last year, would you have said that Sex Criminals would be the biggest selling book? Yeah, right. You know? good, good point. Like, I think it's like, taken off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's one of their It biggest, does have big you know. names. You know, one yeah. other event. Yeah, but, I mean, so does, you know... 
so does Mark Miller and Dave G- you know, yeah. Gibbons. I mean, you know, they're making a movie out of it, but have you ever actually read the book? What book? There you go. Yeah. I rest my case. <laughs> uh, you know, no, one but other, seriously, one thing which that, book? Secret Service. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, one other thing that happened, and this didn't actually happen at Comic-Con, but I, I think in some ways it, it set the stage for, you know, for, for comics maybe just nudging the studios out a little bit. And I think it was the death of Archie that took place like a week or two before Comic-Con. I mean, there was a lot of media buildup well, around d- it. Listen, and it is a comic. It is true. But, you know, I, I, think, I think there was definitely a lot of insane attention about some comics events that I would not have expected to see. I mean, actually, the biggest story was Female Thor. I mean, by far. Oh, yeah. I that, mean, that's I got true. phone that's calls true. from two TV, really going on and two on TV shows asking me, to do a stand-up about the female Thor. One of them was at 4 in the morning for NPR, and I said, no can do. The other one was a local TV station, and the last minute they canceled, which, of course, happens all the time. Yeah. But the point is, like, this is yeah, TV. No, right. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is it's, it's funny what gets traction with non-comic people. Absolutely. Like, female Thor, once everyone realized that it wasn't actually Thor getting turned female, but some other character being called Thor, were just like, ah, whatever. <laughs> like, Welcome to our world. They were yeah. just kind of like, that's nice, moving <laughs> on. Mick. Whereas yeah. mainstream people were like, OMG, female Thor. Yeah. Which is not invalid. I'm just saying that like, yeah. what people react to in the different worlds of like in comics and not in comics, are kind of different. Right, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, Thor must have, I mean, has such a huge following in the cosplay and the mm-hmm. Tumblr communities. I mean, it's kind of amazing. And there, oh, were, a lot of, there were a lot of women Thor cosplayers yes, instantly. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, all over them. the place. Oh, well, you know. but that wasn't, that wasn't just in response to that. If you went to New York Comic Con, there were, were actually, any number of cross-playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's a uh, good point. And there's an awful Thor. lot of female Captain, <laughs> Captain Americas as well. Well, if, if you actually look at it, any character who does not, in all of their incarnations, have a beard <laughs> and is popular. Yeah. You know, especially female cosplayers who are maybe not as comfortable wearing a bikini and do, but do want to, to play <laughs> yeah. a superhero will do the their own, own take well, on you, the character. You know, if I had a dime for every um, Daenerys Targaryen, I mean, seriously. Well, there was I, this group shot, which yeah. we will be putting up on the Tumblr, which had... So many Daenerys Targaryens, and you just know that those weren't all the ones who were on the floor. No, no, no. There were a diamond. I mean, just the hundreds of them. And I said they've taken over from Slave Leia. And, you know, I think But Daenerys, it allows you to wear slightly more than Slave Leia. Leia. But, I, but also, they wore a lot of you different... You say that like it's a good like thing. Like, Daenerys Targaryen has a lot of different outfits, and they were wearing all different outfits. Exactly. Uh-huh. I mean, there was some naked Daenerys with dragon eggs, but most of them were more her desert outfit. But, I, I, you know, I think it's a way... I think it is a sign of the times that something a little bit more empowering than Slave Leia. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think what primary. a lot of people forget, unfortunately, a lot of <clears throat> these are the cosplayers and the appreciators of the cosplayers. Is that scene ends with her killing Jabba with her chains, which, I mean, that's an empowering moment. The costume, not so much. Yeah, well, that's called <laughs> revenge. Yes, yeah. right. Nothing like homicide. <laughs> you know, to remember when person. she rescues Han in Return of the Jedi? You know, yeah. or when she shoots <laughs> yeah, right. down a spaceship? And yes. you know, earlier. I mean, kind of. You know, anyway. All right, yeah, yeah, it's well. Agency. I did see an intro. Speaking of cosplay, in that, um, and just the way that cosplay mutates as people switch genders yeah. or or, mm-hmm. or fuse canons, um, there was a cosplay group of people who had taken the Slave Leia style bikini but then like fused it with different superheroes so you had like 
slave Leia Thor, who was not <laughs> wearing any chains and was going to smash you with her hammer. And you had you had uh, bikini Leia Green Lantern and bikini Leia Iron Man. And I was like, why does bikini Leia Iron Man not have a lightsaber? Oh, that's yeah. right. It ha- she has a repulsor. All is clear. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I think there was a certain amount of reclaiming These going on clever there. Clever girls. There so never clever. Was. There definitely was. And, uh, you know, there. but some people said there was less cosplay this year. You know, I'm not well, sure whether I, I saw that myself. I happened to be at behind the, um, on the marina when 200 <clears throat> or if maybe, maybe a few more cosplayers, uh, Formed in the amphitheater and the seats back there for a big photo shoot. So I don't know, but there was a lot of cosplayers on hand that day. And it was actually quite a sight. Yeah, and you know, San Diego Comic Con is so big and there has such a large cosplay contingent that it would be hard to tell even if you lost a couple thousand cosplayers. <laughs> yes, true. Because they're everywhere. There's a lot. So I didn't detect that, but uh, our, um, our photographer, mm-hmm. uh, who also happens to be my wife and friend of the show, jo- Jody Calkin, also took that same. She, she felt like there were fewer cosplayers. Well, eh, I don't know. Well, I mean, I do think there, I mean, this, I'm just blue-skying here. It could be a certain intimidation factor because you start to see, you've seen, as people cover comic-con more you see a lot of cosplay photos of people who have put serious time and money into their costumes so suddenly your homemade wonder woman costume doesn't that look that awesome to you in comparison so i think there's a perceived barrier to entry mm-hmm. where well, that could be the case because where Oh, you know. I saw plenty but, of homemade but costumes. Were, oh, I, I know but there were yeah. I, I agreed i mean there but were i mean I, I think i think you know, maybe we, you know we could talk. Maybe circle back to this after we talk a little bit more about the comic stuff. But I, I, I do think, like we've been saying for years, that Comic Con jumped the shark. But I honestly feel this year there was a certain level of people really did kind of be like, you know what, I just can't compete anymore, and I'm not coming. I didn't come back. They didn't come back because I feel like I just got to this high level where people were really. You know, I, I kept calling it the uh, Marine Officers Training Corps for uh, nerds. You know, I mean, this is it. This is the ultimate challenge, and I think some people want to go on a you know pay thousands of dollars for a vacation and not have it be the ultimate challenge. Maybe they want to just go and <laughs> no. have a relaxing time well, you know, amongst well, their I, favorite. I creators. wonder. I, I wonder if this might not be all of this a side effect of the growth of cons throughout absolutely. the country. Because if you can go to New York Comic Con, if you're from, say, Baltimore or even Cleveland, and you can drive there, and you don't need to get into some kind of insane lottery to go yeah you know maybe you want to do that these days on the other hand i think there were as many if not more families than ever before oh yeah on i mean the there's, floor. there's no, Disab- no the disabled there are throngs of disabled the 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 scooters push cops i saw the seniors with walkers well you <laughs> know fandom is old Can man it's imagine? been around for a long I time i mean it, it, yes i mean they're they're longtime fans but i the floor of comic-con is no, it's literally no man's land, it's even though throng. it's thronged with people. Uh, and someone in a walker trying to get through it, I thought was one of the more yeah. astounding. I, I, I would I have saw. thought that you would have rented a mobility cart for this event, but you so know. I mean, even as it is harder to get mm-hmm. into, 
uh, it's it, weirdly enough, and, it seems look, like the most you know, one, unlikeliest are packing the place. One thing uh, about San Diego that everybody has complaints but uh, should be brought up more is that they really do go out of their way for the disabled. Yes, they have they a very do. extensive disabled services. You know, I had and a that pan- is a really great is. thing for content. It, it is. And I had a panel, uh, the journalism panel with Jill Pantosi on it. And, you know, she was like, hey, how do you make sure, you know, she uh, is in a mobility a vehicle. And uh, she said, make sure that they know that about this. And, you know, when we got to the room, uh, there it was. I mean, they had a whole like, thing, lift for her to get on the stage, to get off. I mean, they had it completely covered without just one email. You know, they're very, very efficient about that. Yeah. I just want to point Yeah, and that a lot out. of yeah. cons so. would do well to follow that yeah, example. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, but, I, but, Kate, you, you absolutely nailed it. I heard this from quite a few people. You know, like maybe... You know, New York Comic Con does sell out weeks in advance. Emerald City sells out weeks in advance. You but know? it's not as crazy. It's as... not as like it's not doesn't sell out in an hour. Yeah, the way San Diego does. You know, and and they're getting big enough and respected enough mm-hmm. and known enough that while there's no shortage of people who want to go to San Diego Comic Con, the the high pressure need of like every super hardcore geek in America who must go to a major con to go to this con is off a little bit that yeah. maybe some of those people who are just as de- dedicated are dedicating their energies to New York Comic Con yeah. or Emerald City. And I mean just because there's a better chance you'll get in. And I mean just <laughs> to be uh to be, you know, uh fair about it is uh boy that thought went right out of my head. Sorry, I got the old con crud and, and I forgot. Okay. We're I had all it, there. I had it like <laughs> brewing and then it just left. It left. That's okay. So it anyway, happens. sorry about that. It was gonna be great. Oh I know. Bam! When you vamp, it comes back. There you uh, go. Uh, WonderCon in Anaheim, run yeah. by Comic Con, and I, you know, I listen. Anybody listening to this, I highly. If you don't want to do the Marine Corps Officer Challenge course, go to WonderCon. Mm. It's yeah. in Anaheim. It's a lot of the same people go there. It's um, you know, yeah. a lot of the same flavor, and it's not so hard. Yeah. yeah. Although I would say WonderCon, just as you said, it isn't the Marine Officer's Training Course type thing. I mean, I think a lot of people want that really high pressure con That's, experience. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But you can get that places other than San Diego. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you want a California con, but you don't want high pressure, you can go to WonderCon. And if you want high pressure, but not California or not quite or, as hard to get to as San Diego, then you know, then you have the mega cons other places in the country. Absolutely. Sure. Sure. And, and there seem to be more mega cons brewing. Yeah. Super cons. They're being 70, called 80,000 people. Super cons. Seems you know, to be coming. I, yeah. I think that's good. I think. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. it was a distorted. Market world focus to have San Diego Comic Con not only as the pinnacle of the year, which is fine, but to have it almost be it, and to have everything yeah. else be a pale shadow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to even um, explain how Comic Con, like you, you know, it, I, I call it the fiscal year ends after Comic Con. But I mean, it's like for months ahead, everybody's pointing to it, and like then you get there and you're like, what is this for? Why am I here? And then it ends in like, you know, what do I do with my life yeah, now? Yeah, it sort of ends. Well, it's it's like small children and Christmas. You can't it is. you can't allow yourself to get too focused on it or or it will never satisfy. But you. I I just to to bring this um, you know, back around. I think there is no question but that Hollywood has begun to question what they're doing at Comic-Con. There was a lot of movie studios that pulled up. Mm-hmm. And did you notice there was no, uh, I don't even know if it's still on the air because I don't watch TV that much. But, um, you know, there was no, like, sitcoms. I think they had the well, Big Bang Theory there, but they didn't have, like, you know, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Well, I mean, I think that was a good Everybody ch- Loves Raymond. I feel that or, was a good choice because every time, and, I mean, it happened near Comic-Con with, 
one network who shall remain nameless, who did not have any of their major geek shows, but did promote their uh, sitcoms. Bad choice. Bad choice, nameless network. But they did. But at, 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 at yeah. New York Comic Con. Um, that well, I think... There, but it I, was way... Oh, I'm sorry, Kate. Go on. Yeah, go on. I, I was going to say... That I mean, I think maybe to a certain extent they're wising up to yes. what Comic Con people like. That you can't just throw anything at geeks and yeah. have them fanboy you. You yeah. know. But let's let's be for real now. There was a the the mer- the merit was wrapped in a gigantic ten foot banner for some TV show. Yes, but Calvin. Yes. It was wrapped in a banner for uh, the Simpsons, and then it had this show called something I don't remember. So it was really a horrible, horrible campaign. So mm. I don't remember what it was called. Uh, but it was this Sean Bean espionage yeah, show. Yeah, that guy, yeah. So legend. it's a little bit legend. Yeah, mm. it's a little bit off. But Sean Bean is a proven and, and, and hero. And it's an action show. And he mm. didn't even go to the con. Hello, yeah, Sean okay. Bean. It's, it's an, well, yeah, I mean, I feel like an action, bean, an action fish, show is on. Tin Fish was wrapped also in some... TV blacklist. Well, that was uh, the blacklist, which That's again a, is is kind of an, an espionage kind espionage of a show. show. And you know they had like a That's pers- on target. They had a person of interest panel. Um, oh well, yeah, that's which that's- is. Precisely on target. Right, right, yeah. right. But I, I mean, they definitely like shows like you know, yeah, the no, person I, of interest has a nerd hero like Michael Emerson, and you know, even it, Jim Cavazil to some extent. It's person of interest is not only made by the people who it's brought you Batman, who um, like nerds. But also, it has a sci-fi theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's a sci-fi show, and it's, it's basically, like, sci-fi Batman, no costumes. And, you know, a couple of years... With ye- AIs. And a couple of years ago, you might recall, Calvin, they mm-hmm. had a huge display for Glee. Yes. And that was yeah. not there this year. Yeah. No. So they have learned... They have learned to target properly. They have learned to target properly. And um, well, there was a... kind of passed, hasn't it? I mean, it has, but I mean, I'm just... But they don't have anything like But they didn't have getting... anything like... No, no, no it was they, they way did not. more... It was I, way more yeah, focused. I think there was know. some decline in that. It's uh, it's kind of hard for me to believe that there, the influence has passed, but, but well, yes. I, I don't think that means the influence has passed yeah, necessarily. Less, there was less overt it, But it, it does stuff, mean yeah. that they've maybe figured out the market a little better and how best to sell to it and what is... <laughs> A useful use of money and what is a wasteful use of money. Let me give you one perfect example, okay? I remember a few years ago when Blade Runner finally came out on DVD. Do you remember that? They had a a whole huge thing there where they had cosplayers dressed as Pris and Zora and, um, excuse me, my con crud is totally coming back here. So they had all these cosplayers running. They had banners. They had stuff everywhere for this Blade Runner release and it was a really i thought it was an awesome promotion they did the same thing when they released alien they did the four pack of alien they had a whole booth set up with yeah they were giving away alien masks it was really impressive you know this time i noticed that they were um you know twin peaks was coming out now that's certainly a nerd focus show so i thought oh i bet they're going to do a big promotion there you know what they did a panel and a panel yeah. that had Lucy on it. I mean, it didn't have any of the cast, nothing. Yeah. It was so low-key. And one of my writers went. He said all they did was talk about the aspect ratio. I mean, this was like the <laughs> no, nerdiest, the nerdiest <laughs> panel of all times. And I mean, in the past, they would, like these other commensurate um, releases had a huge kind of splash. And this, they, they didn't need to. Because yeah. you know what? Everyone's going to buy Twin Peaks if, DVD. If you're the kind of person who wants Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. you'll buy Twin Peaks. Now, if yeah. you aren't, you won't. On the other hand, Warner Brothers spent 
millions of dollars at Comic-Con, and they did a huge push for the Batman 66 TV show, perhaps because... It's been a, it's been so yeah. unseen that maybe it doesn't have maybe they felt they had to do more yeah. of a push yeah. for well, it. And, and, and also, the, and Gotham, they, they you know there was a huge the yeah. zip line was out yeah. in front of the, the oh yeah, yeah the bags and the, yeah what they did so in they were age, yeah and the bags so they were hyping thousand. Gotham yeah. you know, which well, actually I want to see so well, I, I think <laughs> so it's that was because okay. <laughs> I think it's because with the Batman sixty six it's because they know that there's a market for it but that it's been so many years that people you know go oh I'm interested and then there isn't a copy and then they go oh and then they forget about it. But they really felt that in order to get some visibility and some traction, they had to do Absolutely. something. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Segwaying okay. rapidly to the Eisner okay. Awards. The Will, uh, the Will Eisner Comic Industry Awards. Yes. Um, uh, notable, uh, probably, for the fact that Los Bros has never received an Eisner before. Yeah. Uh, shocking. Yeah. Uh, Jaime uh, made it a point of registering how overjoyed he was at getting his. Well, Gilbert he said, was a little more laid said, back. He said thanks to everyone who didn't vote yes. for him. So, <laughs> well, he didn't uh, want to get know. off this. What did he say? He was going to stay up there until the orchestra or the recorded yeah. orchestra started playing. <laughs> and I got a picture with him afterwards. And believe me, he was very happy. To he have was that. very happy. Yeah. Gilbert was thrilled. They were yeah. both. But I mean, so many people came up to me afterwards and said, "I feel, I always felt ashamed of my own Os- uh, Oscar, my own Eisner win, and that the Los Bros had never won." So now I can enjoy my Eisner. That, well, I, I couldn't agree with you yeah. more. And I, I mean, I mean that's I just stunned. one of the great mysteries of of comics history, right there. <laughs> yeah, so. it, true. Do you have any theories on it, you guys? Thirty years of this of the, of one of the greatest independent comics ever and you know i think i think one of the things is that i mean i do have a lot of theories but it would take a long time to talk about it but i did footnote version yeah footnote version is that i think it's only in the past few years when they uh you know said hey did you know we've been doing this amazing comic for 30 years and uh you know we're still here and we're still doing work Mm. that's just as good as it was if not better than it was 30 years ago when you all fell in love with us for the first time and uh, I think there was a lot of animosity towards them for a long time just because they were published by Fantagraphics. And believe it or not, there is still some of that. Well, that's true. Well, well I, I, don't, I don't know how to explain like this. Why, why would people hold Fantagraphics against its authors? Yeah. Oh, you had to be yeah, there, Kate. Yeah. You just had to be there. I mean, back in the day, the Comics Journal was, uh, oh, yeah. you know, attacked a lot of other publishers. And, uh, you know, they Did were seen as... Did you see the hip- image that Jacques put up of Dennis Kitchen and... Gary, no, together. But I saw Gary and Mark Siegel hobnobbing after the Eisners, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, without it's like like strange bedfellows. Yeah, what yeah, can yeah, I say? Yeah, strange yeah, bedfellows. So, because you know, uh, let's just say not all indie publishers are as lovey dubbins as you might think. Sometimes. Yes, absolutely, and particularly not uh, fanographic. They're yeah. a prickly brunch. So, so let's there. just say, say, Kate. If it, I mean, we could definitely. They were tarred with their. Yes, they were tarred with publishers' yeah. brush. Yes, they were, yeah. and I. But I also just think people took them for granted because they're very yeah. humble, low key people. You know. On the other hand, I was at the thirty year panel what two years ago. Mm-hmm. And packed hall, mm-hmm. and the love was flowing. But I think that's where it began. I yeah, think when be. they went on this this thirty year could thing, be. that I think people were like, "What? You mean we've never lauded and faded them as they should be lauded and faded?" Why? Well, I... Fortunately, some people came to their senses. But let's go anyway, down the that was list great. Yeah, because yeah, there yeah. were really some, yeah. I mean, really some great books. Uh, Rutu Modan's The Property won the the best new graphic Thank novel. Thank God, because that was the best, book and it of really the year, was a but... terrific book. Um, if there was a surprise, it was Vivek Tuari's winning the fifth Beatle, the Brian Epstein story. I would not have called that one. I mean, no. it's worthy, but I wouldn't have called First it. First time comics author. Now, he did it with Andrew Robinson, a really 
gorgeous artist and Kyle Baker. Uh, but really, I can't remember the ones in this category. Well, but I think everyone a was a little surprised category. that he beat March. Yes, uh, March. March. Yeah, March was yes. nominated for three Eisner. Didn't, didn't win didn't one win at all. Didn't win a single one, which is, a, uh, you know, maybe a little surprising. Yeah. But, um, that was surprising. Um, yeah. but, uh, I will say when Vivek got up and won, accepted his award. I mean, this is a man who's won uh, Tony oh, Awards. This, yes. And uh, I will say it was suddenly you're like, oh, this is a professional award acceptor up there. <laughs> yes. he had the whole, like... For a moment, you were transported to the any other because <laughs> he had the hand motions and the he humble. He was and the, happy to win, uh, it. but he—I mean, it was different. He, he mm-hmm. as an acceptance, as an award winner, he was in another. Realm. Yes, he was. He is a good guy. Yeah, he's, he's great. A Everybody really likes Vivek. He's a and, very, very. Uh, and an, an amazing professional. Uh, Faith Aaron yeah. Hicks won um, for uh, kids. That's yeah. publication for kids with uh, the Adventures of Superhero Girl. Paul I was Pope. a little shocked that oh. she hadn't gotten an Eisner before. I was well, sub- she's only been around yeah, for she's five been years, long. not thirty. So it's not quite as surprising. It's not Paul as Pope as uh, surprising. won for a battle yes, boy. Yes, and his yeah. plane was delayed, so he didn't make it to the yeah. ceremony. He didn't make the show, although he was around, and I know various people were texting him and whatnot. But but anyway, we love you, Paul. Um, what have I left out? Uh, oh, well, uh, hello, Saga. Of course. Uh, the uh, Ryan K. Vaughn. Uh, yeah, Saga. Uh, and Saga. Fiona Staples. Yeah, they won for Best uh, Series, I think Best uh, Writer. Best I Writer, think, you know, yeah. All sorts mm-hmm. of things. And the other title that won uh, several was um, Sex Criminals for Best yes. New Title. Yes, and yes, I, yes. I, I uh, yeah. We should also mention, I think, Dean Mullaney and Scott Dumbrier at IBM. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. took home about eight. Well, they Eisners. do every year. So that's like, <laughs> I mean, you know, they're the new Todd Klein. They're so. amazing. So yeah. they really. Kate, I feel like, much as we like his superhero books, um, Matt Fraction getting an award for his original work, combined with the fact that he's, how shall we put this, slowing his schedule on his superhero books. Makes me wonder if he's going to be drifting back to the indie realm now that he's made his name. Well, nice segue there, Kate, because uh, I did notice quite a few people generally drifting away from the mainstream. And let's talk about the mainstream at Comic-Con. I feel like Marvel had a good show with their Star Wars announcements. Mm-hmm. I feel like their their lineup of books was, a you know, mm-hmm. a good, good lineup. Uh, you know, Princess Leia miniseries. I mean, it's only a miniseries, but at least it's something. I don't think she's ever had her own solo title before. And... Yeah. Um, uh, you know, some good teams in their Star Wars stuff, and um, they had a few other titles, really. Um, they were, to be fair, you know, we were just talking about studios not making a push. They had a nice splash for Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, they yeah. had a little mm-hmm. ship set up at the booth that was but a they... real nice uh, throwback to some things they've done, yeah. Yeah, they, they had a good booth, but they did not have any big announcements. I mean, their big announcement was, hey, that movie we're making, we're making a sequel. But it wasn't even a movie anyone had seen yet, so right. that really didn't have a lot of gut punch. And um, people were like hoping we <laughs> that they would like announce their Doctor Strange actor, but they didn't. And you know, some ant there was like some Ant Man characters will no longer be in the movie. But don't worry, people, we don't really need them anyway. It was like it's like there's they had had a long history of like really big like woo announcements at Comic Con, and this time, well, they brought the booth game. Their announcements were kind of like, yeah, oh, that's nice. Uh, you mean in the, the movie announcements? Yeah, absolutely. Well, even their comic announcements that weren't Star Wars were kind of like, oh. Yeah. Well, but uh, they still beat DC because DC had nothing at the Well, show. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's easy to a, beat nothing. Was there it's any, easy to build nothing. <laughs> was there any DC news clip. at the show? <laughs> Maybe. 
I think we should insert a sound clip of crickets here. Yeah, yeah like, I know, yeah. right? Let's yeah. get our little soundboard for next time. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned in our piece coming out on Monday, uh, they definitely did have the most tweeted about uh, moment at the con, which was uh, Saturday morning, which I, I got up for and got in. I managed to get in. And see when they had Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, and Gal Gadot come out together for the first time. And they exhibited all the charisma of a team of a porpoise, a monkey, and a chair. I mean, they had Ben Affleck. I mean, maybe he hadn't slept. I don't know. Did they not want to be there? I don't know. He looked really like... Maybe he's apprehensive. Like Henry Cavill's a real pro, and he's like waving and looking yeah. happy, and Ben Affleck just stood there and looked sad. You know, I mean, he didn't. They, <laughs> there was. Well, I mean, I got I a lot of talk. I am in the minority here, by the way. Most people think this was really awesome, but I was just like, wow, mm, you better work on that charisma. He, there. He be happy that they're happy. Well, At first, everyone's trashing him. Then he, well, <laughs> he got my, the gig. My, <laughs> my personal um, theory, which I don't want to be true is that Ben Affleck is actually a fairly decent writer and director, and maybe he saw a script. <laughs> he's you, depressed? You know, I'm not... <laughs> I'm no longer feeling the movie the way you he know, was. I did see the, the footage that they showed. I don't know. Was it leaked at all? Did you see it? It, it was leaked, but it like got shut down within all like right, five so minutes. All right, so you haven't seen it, it right? Yeah. I've I got to try it. I mean, honestly... I would love to have your reaction to this, Kate, because to me it was uh, it was a cool in a dumb way. It was like uh, Raw, Monday Night Raw, when you know Triple H comes out and um, Brodus or whoever's in the in the ring, and they stand there for five minutes looking at each other while. JR goes, you know, Triple H, Triple H, Triple H. Yeah, but the thing is, that really doesn't tell you anything about the movie. And actually, if that's the clip you show everyone, I find that's a bad sign. Could I say, did we mention um, the Chuck Paul Nick? No, what I was about to say, that was probably the biggest uh, comic sound. That was a big one. That was a big one. And we also got a chance to to interview him. It wasn't one of my best interviews, but he actually was, was a real trooper. And was really into it. Well, uh, Calvin, I have to admit, that yeah. part where you called it, like, nightclub was really embarrassing. I think, well, I, oh, well, better than that, I called it an adaptation at one point, too. Mm-hmm. I, I can't explain it. I got really nervous, but he was very nice, a very nice Why guy. Why didn't you get nervous? It's Chuck Palahniuk, man. Well, I, I, you know, but he was very nice. Uh, as it turns out... Um, he had a sort of support group that actually kind of helped him transition yeah, I thought into that was doing the most this interesting idea. Part of the interview yeah, Matt Fraction, um, his wife uh, Kelly Sue. Uh, they the had Bendis there. Bendis was there, and he, they sort of helped and gave him a notion of how this could be done. Yeah, so they, they um, shepherded it into existence. And uh, well, then they even, peed their pants. He even said um, when I, you know, asked him, you know, why did he uh, transition? He said, "Well, you know, a lot of people say that Mike." Characters are two-dimensional cartoons anyway, <laughs> so so he was rolling with the punches. But uh, anyway, that was certainly another you know coup for the comics. I mean, you, you know, I I feel like um, you know we've seen in past uh, there be big announcements at Comic Con like oh. Marvel's going to do Miracle Man, and then years go by, years go by, years go by, and the comic comes out, and everybody's like, "Is that coming out now?" It's it's worn <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to announce things. You don't want to announce things too soon. Um, you know, uh, a drawn quarterly. I was not at their panel, but I read a description of it, and it sounds like uh, Tracy and Julia really upped their game. They had the whole panel like Jeopardy, and oh yes, I wasn't there either. Yeah, I wasn't and I just, Well, I, you know, I feel yeah. bad that I didn't go, and they announced a lot of really cool books, like a 25th anniversary. Uh, book and you know collection of Julian Tamaki Super Mutant Academy, yes, yes. Um, mm-hmm. and they're actually going to do this book 
very little known that came out in the 80s called uh, Melody by um, a woman named Sylvie Rancor. And it's uh, about her life as a as a uh, exotic dancer. But it's really about um, rural Canadian life, I guess. You could, it's a very interesting mm. book. And it hasn't been seen in a long time. So I was kind of excited to hear that was coming out. Yeah. Meanwhile, the the general sound I heard from all my Marvel-loving friends in regards to Marvel's announcements was... Um, was just like nothing anybody really felt excited about. Like they were hoping that someone would announce some cool new team on some comic or like some, like, okay, if you're going to give us events, at least something that seems like unusual or interesting to us. And it was just a big old. It really was the whole month before was really, I mean, you know, we were just saying, asking if comics took back Comic-Con. I mean, I think Hollywood left Comic-Con a little (laughs) bit. Comics maybe filled a little (laughs) of the void. Uh, but you know, DC made it, many announcements beforehand, and Marvel certainly with their Lady Thor and you know Falcon uh, Cap, all yeah. that they kind uh, of saved up the yeah. big stuff for for prior to Comic Con. On the on the manga side, there really weren't a lot of an, there weren't a lot of panels, um, um, and there weren't a lot of announcements. Probably about four or so, but there were still a lot of activity on the floor. And just from uh, you know, uh, Deb Aoki has her manga roundup actually publishes wiki dot com slash comics. Um, and um, uh, there are a number of they, what announcements they were, were were pretty good. Um, Vertical actually, Vertical had uh, the Moyoko Ono book there, and apparently that thing disappeared. Every copy that Vertical brought disappeared. But Dark Horse and Press all had announcements to make. Um, who else here? I think uh, Viz Verti- was Viz was celebrating Hello Kitty. So they did a big, big yeah. Deal there's with a that. big Hello Kitty presence with the show. Um, yeah. uh, and D&Q actually, uh, they're bringing out another um, uh, Mizuki book. He's mm-hmm. doing a Hitler biography uh, as well, and I believe there's more Giga coming. Manga loves Hitler. Uh, and Kadansha is riding the Attack of Titan wave with every kind of Titan variation you can. Well, you, can you know, think of. it's a huge series. It's nowhere near its end. Mm-hmm. I think it's just yeah. building force. I think people who wanted a big manga or anime to jump on board with that felt that say Naruto was a little juvenile for them were just so happy to have something that was both a big smash hit that they could talk to all of their friends about and genuinely good and the kind of thing they like that when Attack on Titan hit it really hit because I mean I have certainly did I have not (laughs) seen something like hit the geek mainstream from manga and anime the way Attack on Titan did in quite some time. Yeah. No, it's a, listen, there's life in them that are manga. I mean, if there's one overwhelming thing that, uh, you know, feeling that was brought back, even though I'm talking about how maybe Comic-Con had, uh, you know, maybe had retrenched itself a little bit. Hmm. It's, it's being reinvented a little bit. I feel that's definitely for sure. But there was... Absolutely no lack of enthusiasm for any aspect yeah, of yeah. the industry. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, there was there was big sales for indie comics. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we haven't talked about Chuck Rosansky and his, uh, you know, tantrum about how he can't make money at Comic Con anymore oh, with yeah. uh, you know the exclusives and everything. Um, but you know what, Chuck? I mean, things change. And you know, then yeah. he said in a sec- subsequent yeah, letter that you know what I just he said I wasn't going to come back. And then he's like. All my friends begged me to, so I re-upped my booth well, for you, next year. But you know what? Maybe he should just come as a human being and not bring his booth with him. <laughs> yeah. And then he can see all his friends. Well, But, I mean, because 
I mean, I, I, retailers are great, but it's not an indictment of a Comic Con or a retailer for a retailer to say, you know, this Comic Con uh, is no longer cost effective for me. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the con. It just means that as long as all their tables are being filled and they do have still have retailers there, that the fact that it's outgrown certain types of retailers is, you know, I don't know. That's a bad thing for anybody. It's just yep. the way the market shifts. Well, mm-hmm. there there were certainly uh, some really good books. Yeah, there, there were. Today. I mean, and I interviewed also Eleanor Davis about how to be happy. I interviewed. Um, uh, Lucy Nisley about mm-hmm. her uh, an age of license that's coming up. I Don Rosa mm-hmm. has his Scrooge McDuck there. I I talked with Jeff uh, Jeff Darrow about they're they're bringing hardcover editions. Dark Horse is bringing hardcover editions out of Shaolin Cowboy, um, Hard Boiled, uh, and I'm something else. I'm forgetting the but they're you know and there's plenty of comics and at Comic Con people. That image was getting at this con. Not so much for the stuff that hasn't come out yet, but for the things that are currently in progress was huge. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, and I mean, I think Boom had a lot of nice mm-hmm. uh, buzz about them for some of their announcements. You know, certainly IDW yes, also, yes. Um, and, you know, um, with their artist editions books. And uh, the, the Dynamite had uh, yeah, Quentin, Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino there. They got, They're going to do so, this mashup yeah, of Zorro so and, and, and <laughs> Yeah, so Django. they had, uh, they <laughs> Why had not? You know, all of the next tier <laughs> publishers definitely had the, had you know, the big six publishers, we should call them, um, definitely had so, a, lot of, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of buzz to them. Um, so, you know, comics are still at Comic-Con. There's no question of that. But, I mean, what will Comic-Con become? And, you know, we have... <laughs> and can you get a ticket? Yeah. So, you know, we <laughs> never. are... Never. Uh, you can we never are, get a ticket. <laughs> we are running out of time here. So we should address, though, one oh. thing. And, you know, we're going to call a time limit to it. Because, as you know, we can just go on and on yeah. and on and on about this topic. But, um... You know, this was, unfortunately, I will say also, this Comic-Con was definitely marred by some accidents. And that uh, there was a woman who was run over during the zombie walk. She was not part of the zombie walk, and the car was not. But uh, the zombie walk is where a lot of people dress up like zombies and walk through downtown San Diego. It is not actually part of the convention. They don't have a permit to march. They just get together and they do it. Um, It's been, for 10 years, perfectly happy this year. Got a little out of control. I mean, there was a, a deaf family in the car. Uh, they claimed that their windshield was broken. Um, videos came up later that showed there was no broken windshield. But, you know, there was a bunch of people standing in the intersection of a road. Maybe they shouldn't mm-hmm. have been standing there, you know. Maybe the car shouldn't have gunned through the intersection. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure being deaf was... I mean, it, it was mentioned because they were, and people thought, oh, does this have something to do with why it happened? And as far as I can tell, it doesn't. It just has to do with the fact that there was a bunch of... Very confused people in a car and a lot of zombies crossing the street. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a recipe for yeah. a disaster yeah. in almost That's, any movie you come up with. That is just not a good combination. <laughs> oh, yeah. well. Um, you know, there was a, a, actually a shooting uh, in Little Italy that had nothing to do with the Comic-Con on Sunday night. So, you know, San mm. Diego is a hotbed of, mm. of violence and danger there. And, Ouch. Um, uh, you know, and then there was this incident uh, where a cosplayer was injured. And this is one of those social media crimes where... Uh, it first broke on social media uh, with erroneous information. It took quite a few days to actually get the correct information out. Mm. But, um, you know, it appears an underage cosplayer, for whatever reason, uh, fell off a fence and uh, injured herself very seriously, which is, uh, you know, very unfortunate. Um, I will say I think these incidents are going to definitely get some play. 
and um as well they should but you know you need to question all these things um however it is still worth pointing out that 130,000 people showed up in a state of high excitement and in general it's usually a pretty peaceful crowd and you know, I'm shocked just, there isn't more that happens yeah, it, it, to can be I just honest. throw in one comment one of the comments I did from talking with uh, Chuck Paulnick was that uh, he said because <laughs> I asked him what was the, and I said what's your takeaway from being on the floor of Comic-Con he said I've never seen so many people such density in such a small place who seem to actually not be pissed off or crazed about it well, at all you know the interesting thing is and i was like well at least that's a new angle than biff bam pow comics aren't for kids anymore during the con uh new york times had well it was an original article but it was kind of dumb about comic-con taking the approach of all these people like violent media we don't understand why they aren't killing each other. Why aren't they killing each other? What is wrong? What's up with Comic-Con? Should they be allowed to like violent things anyway, even though when we went there, we didn't actually see any violence? And I was like, what is the point of this article? And also, why does it exist? <laughs> but, I mean, yes. I guess it's true. We do like violent things, and we aren't terribly violent. Incredible! But like wow. sublimating yeah, vi- well, desires well, look, through the New York Times seems to have problems getting healthy, its head around a lot of things about Comic-Con including a, whether or not you know uh, comics fans are are cheapskates or not uh, and that seemed to be another yeah, the, issue that the, they that seemed the, to have returned the that, other article was that we're like all sleeping seven to a room and you know and, and eating at McDonald's on the street it said literally <laughs> they're more likely to be seen squatting on the <laughs> sidewalk eating a sandwich than eating at a hotel restaurant Okay, like a a pretty, you know, third world image. I know. I mean, and like, awfully um, broad. Did they visit every hotel in San Diego just to make I sure? Because, I mean, there was no one eating there that I saw, you know. I mean, I'm yeah, exaggerating. It's like, it was ridiculous. Like, let's face it. Like, yeah, if you have that many people, your hotel restaurants are full up, man. Um, yeah, maybe they aren't eating at the, like, $100 a plate steakhouse. But, you know, even if somebody did the math when they said... They had some scathing amount saying, oh, the average congoer is only spending an average of $600 for the entire time. Let me do the math. You you can't even get a hotel for that. So I'm a little bit. Well, I mean, I guess if you share your hotel with like three other people. But um, somebody did the math for that was like with the number of people at Comic-Con, that's still an extraordinary amount of money going into the economy, even if that's all it is. And I mean, you can't expect people there for a recreational convention to spend like people there for a business convention but on the other hand you Corona know space accounts comic-con is so big and comic-con people are not that much of a cheapskate i mean they buy stuff they're human they they're need to there eat. to buy stuff that's, that's yeah. what you it's do. like a buying stuff <laughs> vacation well listen i can tell you that not a single local person i talked to did not tell me that this was not the biggest week of the year i yeah. mean i talked i talked to constantly to the locals to the hotel workers to the uber drivers to everyone you know, and unless they're fibbing to me, I mean, I don't say I'm a journalist. I'm just yeah. like, you know, oh, yeah. I'm here in town. You show me, take me to a good time, <laughs> you know. And uh, then they, you know, tell me stuff. But, um, you know, they're all like, oh, yes, this is the busiest time. And But yeah. I will tell you for a fact that everybody, hotel, taxi drivers, everyone said it hadn't been as busy this year. Uh-huh. It had not been as busy this year. And for the various factors we've been talking about, 
throughout this podcast. Mm. Um, the, I'll tell you this. As a longtime Comic-Con observer, there were a lot of things in motion this year. You know, I mentioned yeah. earlier about how some venues, um, you know, here I'll mention on the on the podcast, uh, there's a club called the Stingery that in years past always had parties every night. Uh, and I guess they up, upped it to like, you know, 50, 60 grand a night. And uh, people said no, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's not in, including alcohol. I mean, that's just to rent the place out. Right. So... Uh, and then if you walked by it, there was a guy standing outside saying, come on, come in. on in. So, you know, they definitely were singing well, a different tune. You know, tune. I feel that might be a good sign. I because there so are too, really. a number of, because it's really better to have a healthy comic market where companies spend what they know they can spend than uh, as in some of the earlier 2000s, certain comic companies were trying to make it big and just really overspent and spent in ways they couldn't afford and crashed. Um, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think, um, I don't think the con is in any, any danger from this, you know? I mean, I think it continue to sell out and continue to be huge and everything. And, you know, after that article in the times came out, about how, you know, one of the key things about that article was how about how Comic-Con can't get good brands, you know? Like, they don't get Cristal and all these high-end brands that sponsor things like the Tribeca Film Festival. And, uh, you know, a little birdie flew into my inbox and pointed <laughs> out that the con actually uh, rejects tons of brand opera, tons of, of um, sponsorships that they feel are not... Yeah, um, no, yeah. No you know, like if you mm-hmm. go to New York Comic Con, they do not reject anything ever. You know, even if it's mm-hmm. stupid, like Arizona Ice Tea. You know, they. I mean, of course, we all remember the Ace Hardware. But you know, last year at uh, New York Comic Con, the, the biggest sponsor was someone who made plastic sippy cups. You know, and I mean, they tried to tie it in by allowing you to get one that was superhero branded. So they did. Yeah. You know, but I mean, what what does that have to do with Comic Con? Yeah. Yeah. You know, New York Comic Con is, I believe, of the opinion that if you want to waste your money on us, we'll take it. And San Diego Comic Con, I think, wants repeat customers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are both valid business Abs- philosophies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, I mean, I don't think it really... I think New York Times was too centered on what their idea of prestige was, not understanding what would resonate with the market they were talking about. Uh, I, yeah, I like, think that's pretty much the like, case. <laughs> Frankly, you know, uh, a movie studio's money is as good as a champagne company's money. And a fan is going to be more impressed by the movie studio. Yeah. Mm. You know, I, I, I mean, the, there was some great branding there. I mean, even though the Sean Bean campaign, I don't remember the name of the show. I Legend. Legend. Well, Legend, you know what? I know. Uh, excuse me, uh, iTunes, bleep this out. That's a name for a tv show okay <laughs> it, it does make it rather hard to google and it will immediately remind people of a terrible tom cruise movie with a plot that makes no sense right. <laughs> so anyway but that said uh so- I'm, I'm curious though what was the best party you went to best party i went to oh the cblf party oh yes. well that but was i didn't good. go I to the scholastic party the scholastic uh, party was really hook. good as well but the cbl i was at the cblf yeah. too and but it, I, that I, was you a really know good but party. i mean that said i went to i did i snuck off to one of the swanky parties yeah. i went to the uh, last ship party which was on a ship and hey it's pretty spectacular yeah, yeah. i mean no, you so watched, you were in that battleship i went on the battleship uh, party yeah, and i saw mgmt where you were was it cool i had to be cool 
You know, was it, that the midway that was there? It was the midway. Ah. You know what? It was cool, but I went with um, a couple people, and they were the only people I knew there. And yeah. you know, it's more fun to be at a party with, where you know everyone and you have a good time That's talking true. to your friends. And uh, you know, even though it's fun that you're on this battleship, I mean, yeah, I yeah. don't know. But that said. Uh, seriously, we, Calvin, you and I were both on so many panels at the show. Oh. Like, I just spent all my time I going it. to the end of the show where there were panels, and then afterwards I'd be, you know, working, like trying to write down my notes, type up the things I'd I see, know. and then I have to go into the panel again. I never saw anyone. I never, I mean, the people, I, it's I terrible. I had three panels, and uh, that's, and I had two on one day, which I don't. I I, I, I will do multiple panels, but I'm going to try and hold it to one a day. I did two in a day twice. You do that? Yes. I did two back well, to back. You're you're a super Heidi. Yeah. Thanks. I will say the one panel that we did, and I hope to write something about this up, uh, is that I was on with Rob Salkowitz uh, and um, Tim uh, Byers of the Motley Fool, and Rob had some. Uh, survey information from Eventbrite about convention goers. Um, I presented some. Uh, Facebook demographic research and uh, very good. Uh, You know, Tim had some talk about Mm -hmm. Hollywood stuff. Uh, Some really great research about uh, con goers and, you know, their age, their gender mix. Mm -hmm. Uh, Schenker, who did the Facebook research, is going to write it up a little bit more detail. Can can you give us at least a two or three sentence? Well, I'd say the two or three sentence breakdown on all of it is that uh, just as far as gender goes, it's all in that 40-60 mix. It's all between 40-60 and 50-50. As far as convention tennis goes, this is really the key number is that among convention attendees surveyed by Eventbrite, this is thousands of people, over 30, it's about 40, 60 female to male. Among those under 30, it's 50, 50. Hmm. So, you know, this mirrors what we're seeing. And I I mean, I did hear people say this is the year of the woman, you know, Lucy, uh, Scarlett Johansson beat the rock at the box Mm -hmm. office. I mean, it's just ongoing with this, you know, um, female-focused adventure material or you know pop culture material oh uh, shock horror 50 percent of the population how will I they ever know, cope right how did that happen isn't it bizarre that it mirrors <laughs> the makeup of the population there you go so what did we come away from from comic-con we came away liking comics we, yes although i think that's how we entered into it too <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, once you come away from Comic-Con with, it's just, you, I, at least I do anyway, I come back reinforced about uh, just the power of this medium, the incredibly talented people that are there, the fact that most of them are not really making a whole lot of money doing this, and they're put their whole fucking soul, excuse me, they put their souls into this stuff on a weekly basis, a daily basis. It makes you feel proud to be an American comic book nerd. Nerds are marching on. Well, on that note. On that note. I guess, unfortunately, we have 359 days to next Comic-Con. Because it's coming at July 8th next year. So, So, I guess there's more to come. Okay, that's enough elevator music.